2: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
3: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's the final hour on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. We'll talk some football. Our good buddy Albert Breer, Monday morning quarterback, will join us. He's ranked all the college quarterbacks who will be eligible for the draft. And it's time to start tanking for Caleb Williams. Oh,
4: Drake May. Oh.
3: If you're the Arizona Cardinals and you got two first-round picks. Take them both. Oh. Yeah, yes. We want to make sure that we don't screw this up. We're going to get both of those quarterbacks in the draft. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Uh, we say good morning if you're watching on Peacock. Thank you. That's our streaming partner. Download the app if you haven't done so. Say good morning to our radio affiliates, those chatting on chat row. Seaton, update the poll results. And what are we going to explore in the final hour of the program?
0: Hour two we had, I'm most scared of encountering a bear, shark, or alligator. Right now, uh, 56% of the audience saying <laughs> a shark. Nobody wants to encounter a shark. Okay. That sounds terrible. Bear is coming in at second with a... Uh, Not too many people scared of alligators.
3: I don't want to encounter any of them. And then you find out an alligator can run 30 miles an hour. But alligators, how many videos have you seen of uh, people,
0: you know, at a golf course or whatever, and you're like, hey, there's an alligator over there. That's crazy.
3: I was um, at a golf resort. This is years ago. And there was an alligator, and he was right outside of the, the pond there. And one of the guys I'm with, he's like, how fast do you think that thing is? I said, he, he only has to be fast enough to catch the slowest of us. Let's not go over there. So he goes over there. The next thing you know, that thing turned so quickly with its tail and nearly took out his feet. Like sweat, you know, it would have been a karate kid taking him, his feet out. Yes, Pony?
4: I think these alligators are playing a long game. For a couple <laughs> of decades, they're setting us up. They're yes. just hanging at golf courses. Mm. Like, look, he's not doing anything. Mm. I'll take a picture. And maybe like two or three years from now, they're like, okay, it's feeding time. It's go time.
3: How long do they live? Alligators? Yeah. Checking. Or, or crocodiles. How long do bears live? Average lifespan. Yeah. How long is the lifespan of a shark?
4: Alligators, 30 to 50 years. Yeah.
3: And, you know, they may go, oh, there's that stupid guy tried to do this, you know, back in, uh, you know, 92. Brown bear's getting you a solid 20 to 30. All right. Okay. What about sharks?
0: Grizzlies can live up to 44 years. Oh. What the heck? Okay. Unfair.
4: Sharks, uh, anywhere from 15 to 30 years. All right.
3: Uh, what's the poll question for the final hour? Creepers, seat?
0: creepers. <laughs> uh, you know what else? We also had, too, today's uh, recency bias um, poll question, yeah. which sounds cooler. Slam dunk champion, home run derby champion. Yeah. That's still is holding that uh, solid 72 to 28.
3: People well, are just
0: down on the slam dunk contest for some reason.
3: I think it's more impressive to hit a home run than to have a dunk. Just just saying. Yeah. Well, I'll just say,
0: I've hit home runs, and I can't come close to dunking. Yeah. So, Me, well, and, me and you are home run guys in yeah. the room, so yeah. you know how it is. Yeah. Marvin, could you ever dunk?
5: No, I could grab the rim with both hands, but I... Never coordinate, like, just the kind
3: of... Uh, but you know uh, what you're missing? What's that? Bigger hands. Mm, yeah. That's just... No, no, that's but I, that's why he can't. He can't dunk because he couldn't pawn the ball. That is a legit <laughs> thing. <laughs> yes, okay. That's all. I'm just pointing out a fact. It, yes, it is. Having the, been the only guy in the room who could dunk or hit a home run, you know.
5: Say, Whoa. Yeah. Don't disrespect 12-year-old Marvin TNJ Auto Body.
3: No, no, no! Home oh. run and dunk. Oh, okay. Both right. of those. Yeah, things. Yes. I did the combo part. Oh. You could, like, your junior year in high school, probably
0: accomplish both of those
3: things. Yes, I could. Yeah. Uh, Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports national columnist since uh, 2003, New York Times best-selling author, joins us on the program. You've been uh, writing about the situation at Northwestern. What issues do you have with this story?
6: Uh I guess my biggest if you want to call it an issue is we just don't really know the the full scope of what happened. Uh Northwestern did this 7-month investigation. You know, they get they get the whistleblower complaint last November. They hire an outside law firm. They spend you know about 7 months on this. Interview 50 plus people, go through all the texts, emails, they're doing player surveys through the years. Um sounds very comprehensive Uh, of for what was going on in the culture of the locker room and then as a private institution they don't have to release this document this investigation the way you would if you were a public school and this was a public document so they release an executive summary that has zero details into what actually happened and uh let alone kind of the context and the perspectives and things like that and uh so you know no one really knows what the situation was they suspend um the president suspends pat fitzgerald on friday says okay i've read he's obviously read this whole thing and says two week suspension um i thought that was very naive not to release this the whole thing for everyone to see and get out in front of this story and then the story comes out in the student newspaper and on espn that the the original complainant is telling his his uh side of the story which could be 100 accurate and all of that but we don't have any of the other perspective of the other 50 plus people that shaped the original decision and once the the details of the complaint come out all of a sudden three days later pat fitzgerald's fired and so um i think the rest of us are left to say i don't truly know we can assume the worst we can assume this or that but we don't really know what happened and why on Friday was it good enough for West for I'm sorry for Northwestern to say um, you're suspended for two weeks and then on Monday you're fired you know you're fired you're done get out of here um, that's a dramatic switch in three days when no real new information had come out
3: and that's where I started to go okay let me look at the timeline here usually Friday news dump uh, here we are in July. And it almost felt like, hey, can we sneak this one by the goalie here? And uh, he, he's uh, been suspended for two weeks. It felt like once we knew he was suspended for two weeks, then our curiosity was, well, wait a minute. What gets you suspended for two weeks in July and not maybe a couple of games? Or how serious is this? Because nothing changed from Friday to Monday except for Pat Fitzgerald got fired.
6: Well, yeah, that and and some of the details started coming out. And that's why I think Northwestern, I, I'm not here to say Pat Fitzgerald should should or should not have his job or they acted in the wrong, maybe they should have fired him on Friday and they made a mistake then and they corrected on Monday. I don't know. All I'm just looking at it from afar. We don't know all the details. There is a big report. There is a thorough investigation. Yeah. And they sat there and said, okay, let's give them two weeks off in the middle of summer where nothing is happening at Northwestern. Um, if you're going to suspend someone for two weeks, these are the two weeks to do it. That literally no impact on anything. There's barely any recruiting going on. Uh, you know, go to your lake house, come back in two weeks. We're going to implement this stuff. We will, we will root out the culture that's a problem. So they were all in agreement on Friday, and then the details come out. What they should have done, uh, right or wrong, whatever if it led to this or not, is release the entire report allow all of the context and perspective to come out. I'm not saying any uh, th- again the complaint could be 100% accurate and what is described is um is troubling and ridiculous and all of those things but many times with this stuff you want the full perspective. This this was a court this is a this is a court case. It's not a criminal court case, it's not a civil court case, but it's in the court of public opinion. Why are we keeping our coach? Why are we firing our coach? What you don't do if you're the school or a defense attorney is ever just let the witness, uh the complainant get up and tell his story and then say, We have no questions, we have no opening statement, we have no uh rebuttal, we have no witnesses, nothing, we're just gonna sit here. Um, and that's what Northwestern kind of seeded the, the 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 narrative in the court of public opinion. And then when it started to shift, perhaps rightfully, yeah, um, they can they all of a sudden change their mind and go to the drastic step of firing. So I thought the whole—I don't know that the result is wrong. I just know the, the 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 way they got to it is is highly questionable and was botched. And so maybe again they should have fired him on Friday. Why did the president not fire him on Friday and then on Monday to say, "Oh my, I'm just so troubled by this. He this guy has to go." Instead of saying, "Look, he you know what, whatever justification they came up with on Friday. I assume it's he's been here 17 years. He he you know we can we can stop." we can stop hazing very quickly. This isn't something that's like impossible to stop. We can, you know, you can stop it right away. It'll never happen on the 2023 team. Uh, instead, it's just like, he's got to go. So really awkward, clumsy effort uh, on how they got to this. Maybe it's the right decision. Maybe it's the wrong one. I just, I, neither I nor pretty much anyone other than the president of Northwestern has any idea about the full context of the story.
3: Yeah, and the cynic in me, if he's 11-1 last year, not 1-11... Uh, he's not as vulnerable, it feels like. Also, did coaches know about this? Assistant coaches, the new head coach, the interim head coach, players, seniors, you know, juniors, were they culpable in this? Uh, You know, is there sexual assault that's in here? Uh, Did they violate Northwestern's code of conduct? I mean, there's a lot to unravel here other than it felt like, hey, two weeks, let's move on. Uh, Fire the coach, let's move on. It just feels like this is a ball of yarn, uh, Dan, that is just going to keep on unraveling here and might get even uglier.
6: Uh, Until you release the full report, it's going to keep dripping out. That was extremely naive by Northwestern to assume, to just say, hey, guys. And and look, when when you suspend someone like Pat Fitzgerald on a Friday in the summer, on the week of July 4th, it's a news dump to try to hide the story, right? Yeah. It's such an obvious news dump that it becomes the story. It becomes obvious. Nobody is getting fooled. Yeah. Like, wait, Pat Fitzgerald is getting suspended. What is going on here? Oh, we just, we just it. Don't worry. Uh, just calm down. Let everyone enjoy their weekend. Cook some hamburgers, and we'll be fine. No, everyone's going to go. Wait a minute. And and the naivete of thinking the complainant, who is not bound by any confidentiality, is going to just sit there and say, "Okay, I'm good with this." I definitely will not talk to the media about what I. You know, so this this complaint and saying I didn't get what I wanted out of this. So I'm going to ramp it up and I'm going to tell the, the my my story was not told in this executive summary. It just said there was some things and, well, uh, you know, we'll just move on. He's saying, hey, heck no, I'm going to tell my story. and Good for him. Is that right? What he went through, the story he told and what he went through, he deserves to to tell his story. So he goes out and tells it. And now, all right, we got to go. Yeah. And then you sit there and say, well, they won four games in two years. But then on the other side, they're trying to raise money for a new $800 million football stadium. And Pat Fitzgerald is extremely popular and connected. with them. So how much at all of these things did that play in on Friday? We can't fire this guy. We, we got to build this stadium. Um, or was it now? Well, he wasn't winning anyway. Nobody knows anything. And everyone's now curious. America loves a mystery. And Northwestern created a mystery on something that perhaps was a simple solution or perhaps not. But eventually this, sto- this report has to come out because perhaps there is context. Perhaps there is cr- other witnesses. Perhaps it gets worse. I don't know. I don't know what's in the report. Maybe it looks even worse and you go, how the heck did you not fire him on Friday? Or maybe you read it and go, "Yeah, maybe you give the guy another chance. Northwestern trying to hide by this has done no good on a story that it. I, I agree is a yarn, a ball of yarn that's gonna keep going.
3: Good to talk to you as always, Dan. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Dan. Talk to you soon. That's Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports national columnist and New York Times bestselling author. Yeah, I think the school paper played a role in this and exposing this and going in and, and be willing to find out something that could be ugly, that could uh, reflect poorly on your university. And not all journalists will do that. Sometimes you know, you, the older you get, you get uh, friendlier with somebody, the coach or the athletic director. And, uh, you know, this is Northwestern. This isn't the SEC. Well, this, is, this is Northwestern, and they've struggled here the last couple of years. And I think going 1-11 made him very vulnerable. If you're 11-1, not as vulnerable, even though you could be guilty of the same things. All right, uh, we'll get the phone calls coming up. We'll talk some uh, football with Albert Breer. He has ranked all of the uh, college quarterbacks who are eligible for the draft, led by Caleb Williams. You know, we have this every year where we anoint a quarterback. Like, that guy can't miss. And then they play one more year. And then they suddenly can miss. You know, you can look at Matt liner You could look at... Uh, Christian Hackenberg, that was his freshman year. So he didn't have just one more year. Like, if he was a freshman and he was eligible, they kept saying he'd be the number one overall pick. Uh, Josh Rosen. You know, these guys who maybe stay one more year, like, you get a glimpse of them, and you're like, oh, my God, that guy's unbelievable. And then all of a sudden you go, "Eh, maybe not as unbelievable. And then all of a sudden... You know, like Matt Barkley. You're like, oh, my God, that guy, he, Sam Darnold, that guy is going to be great. And then, I was, oh, no, you know, he's got kind of a loop in his delivery there. This is what happens because now we get to pick. Now you get analyzed. Now you're under the microscope. Yes, Eden. Caleb Williams getting high praise from people. Oh, crazy. High praise. Crazy praise. Yes, Marv.
5: So Mark Sanchez did the right thing by leaving after his <laughs> junior year.
3: <laughs> Probably so. Even though Pete Carroll was trying to throw himself in front of the door. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe maybe Mark wasn't ready, but in his mind he was ready. And he was ready to get paid. What was he, the fifth pick overall? Yeah. So, okay, I might not be ready, but I'm ready to get paid. All right, So we'll uh, talk to Albert Breer about uh, these quarterbacks. And also, Dalvin Cook. Kind of quiet. DeAndre Hopkins, kind of quiet. And it feels like that might be training camp situations where you're waiting for somebody, like the Jets with Brees Hall, him coming back. I wondered about the Cowboys with Tony Pollard and how healthy he's going to be. Could you give them a little bit more time to get ready? But Dalvin Cook is going to cost you. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, do you want him? Gosh, if I'm the Patriots, I sign both of them. Like this, it's such a faceless franchise. At least I can get a couple of guys who are proven. I, you know, there's name recognition. Yes, Marv.
5: Yeah, the Patriots, I think they have either week two or three of Sunday night football. And when I saw the schedule, I was like, ew. <laughs> yeah, like in Foxborough. Wait, like, did you
3: actually say, "Ooh"?
5: I said, ew. Ew. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like Giants, Cowboys, uh, Week One. I was like, okay, yeah, all right, let's go. All right, get up.
3: Patriots and who? I don't even know. It didn't even matter who it was. It was just, uh, ew. Ew. Like that's who it is. Let's take a break. I think now.
5: it's Cardinals, Patriots.
3: no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Let's go. Uh, we'll uh, take a break. Back. What, Paulie? Eagles at Patriots. <laughs> In the words of Jim Beheim, <laughs> we're back after this. Simply Safe Home Security. They thought of everything. They have something called Fast Protect Monitoring. If an intruder breaks into your home, Simply Safe's monitoring agents can actually see, speak to, and maybe stop them by saying something to them through the camera, warning them that they're being recorded. Police are on the way. It's a game changer in home security. The new camera is also the only indoor security camera that can trigger the alarm. That instantly will stop the intruder with a built-in siren and the advanced motion detection and vision. Um, AI can sense the difference between potential intruders and pets. They also have this for smoke detector. How many times have you been cooking and then all of a sudden you go? Dip, dip, dip. You're like, yeah. oh no, get out get me in the newspaper. I got it yeah. <laughs> let, let me fan this thing. Simply Safe professional monitoring costing under a dollar a day. And right now, DP Show listeners, get a special 20% off any Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. That's a big offer for a limited time. SimplySafe.com. No sim, no safe like Simply Safe. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, and you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or
1: stream us live on the Peacock app. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
5: All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards.
2: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It
3: is never too early to talk about next year's draft. Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist for the Monday Morning Quarterback. He is the Monday Morning Quarterback. And he's... Look at at the paperwork here I got on all of these quarterbacks here. This is a deep dive. I mean... He even went to uh, Devin Leary at Kentucky and Washington State's Cameron Ward, uh, Deion Sanders' son. There's a lot of quarterbacks, but we start with uh, Caleb Williams at the top. Are there any negatives with Caleb Williams?
7: It's hard to find one, Dan. I mean, we're really at the point now where it feels like this is encroaching on that Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence category, and I – You know, I've been covering the league for almost 20 years. And I I think over my lifetime, there are four guys that are sort of in a different category from a prospect standpoint at that position. John Elway, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence. That doesn't, again, doesn't mean anything as far as what they became in the league, but just how they were seen coming out of college. And I think the lack of flaws with Caleb Williams, and of course, we're going to pick him apart. And he's going to have all the pressure on him this fall because of that. Um, But just as far as where they are, you know, going into their last year and then where they should be coming out of their last year in college, that's where Caleb Williams is. And Drake May is really well thought of too, but everybody I've talked to said there is a gap, you know. It's Caleb Williams one, gap, Drake May two, gap, and then the pack. And so Caleb Williams is seen that way as the sort of generational prospect that Trevor Lawrence or Andrew Luck were over the last 15 years.
3: Ah, uh, you are joining us. You're on vacation, and uh, we appreciate you joining us. But I'm looking in the background. There, you got the water, the t- and yeah, and there's some there's some kids there. Are those your kids? So my daughter's right here. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. I just I, there, I, I wasn't and sure. My,
7: uh, and my kid, my my, I think my uh, I think my my son's trying to make air by driving as fast as he can by the shot on his bike. Yeah, I just so saw yeah.
3: him. I saw him zoom yeah. zoom uh, by you there. But that picture is real. The water is real behind you there.
7: Water is real, yeah. The boats are real, all of it. Todd okay. actually it was Todd hooked me up here and uh we actually had a less scenic shot and then I said, Well, hey, how about this? So this was this was actually his choice, not I,
3: mine. I like it. I like Just it. So you
7: know I'm not chest pounding or anything else because for everybody who's out there thinking I'm bragging, my summer is officially over in about a week. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just getting what I can get while I can get it.
3: Uh, give me some other names that we should keep an eye on this upcoming season. That, yes, Caleb Williams is one, Drake May would be two. And then who's going to be that third quarterback off the board?
7: Sure. Like I, one name that, that kind of kept coming up when I talked to more people was Bo Nix at Oregon, who, you know, I think was seen as a very flawed player playing in a flawed offense at Auburn. And I think he opened a lot of eyes Mm. with what he did last year at Oregon. And being able to do that again, even though he lost his offensive coordinator and even though he lost some offensive linemen in his sixth year in college this year, I think could get him in the first-round discussion. Uh, And I think he's a little closer to that than some of the other guys. Now, there are guys that I think have more talent than him, and two of them would be Quinn Ewers at Texas and J.J. McCarthy at Michigan, where those guys have – talent to potentially go in the first round the question is are they going to develop like they need to develop like they aren't finished products yet um you know when i trent dilfer who you know like and as you know sees all these kids from high school on up and has seen a lot of these guys through the elite 11 program since they were teenagers said quinn yours has like a jeff george arm right and i think when you watch texas on saturdays you can see that so but yours is still pretty raw so playing another year for Steve Sarkeesian at Texas, does he get there where he's the third quarterback off the board? JJ McCarthy another one where he was up and down at points last year, but he won his first 12 starts at Michigan. So is he in the conversation? So I, I think those three names, Nick's McCarthy, yours, would be in the conversation. Jordan Travis at Florida State another one. And I think this was so intriguing about this year's class. You've got a clear one, you got a clear two, and then you've got like this clump of players where there's real talent and they're gonna kind of duke it out for draft position over the course of the next six months.
3: I talked to a talent evaluator. This is after the end of last season, and he said he would lump in Michael Penix at Washington. Yeah. And and put yeah. him in there of and I think he's been around maybe five years. He transferred from Indiana, but
7: it's six years. So <laughs> that's the COVID thing though. Like that's what that's yeah. what happens. Like, Gordon Travis is well, I, I said, Nick, I think Nick's is five years, Okay. Um, but George Travis is six years, right? And Pennix is six years. And that's like the COVID effect is the guy's got the extra years of eligibility. And Pennix is interesting because I think he's got some physical ability, but it's sort of like Nick's a little bit and that like a lot of people didn't like his Indiana tape. And then he went to play for Kalen DeBoer at Washington. And I think there's that thing, you know, like that the, the you hear sometimes, is it the offense or is it the quarterback? And Bo Nix is going to have the opportunity to answer those questions this year at Oregon because he's losing his offensive coordinator who went to Arizona State to be the head coach. The question is with Panix, I think it's going to be a little bit more of, can you dispel all the questions that he had hanging over him at Indiana, playing in a little bit of a different type of offense at Washington? But there is some talent there. And, uh yeah he'd be another one i should have thrown him in the mix but that sort of tells you how big the group is too is that there's a half dozen guys who i think have an opportunity to maybe play their play their way into the first round discussion or at the very least into
3: like the top 100 discussion what about Deion sanders son
7: yeah so he's interesting because you know he was a dominant player at jackson state and now what we're seeing more with these guys is they have the opportunity to transfer up and so you know, now you're going to get to see him in the Pac-12 playing at Colorado. Um, and, you know, the word that came up with – Dion's kid was the same word that came up with Drake May, which was smooth. Like, he looks really natural playing the position. And now playing against better competition at Colorado, we should get a, a look at how he looks – when everybody else has got the same level of ability that he does because remember he was a guy who coming out of high school had the opportunity to play at that level but wanted to play for his dad and so we haven't seen him in the context of like the fbs like power five level and now we're going to get the chance to see him do that at colorado and we're going to and and the cool thing about it is we're going to get to see him do it at colorado where in a lot of games they're going to be at a talent deficit so nfl evaluators are going to get the chance to look at him and see what it's like when he doesn't have a talent advantage going against the other team
3: albert breer joining us from vacation he's the monday morning quarterback of nfl free agent updates anything
7: yeah uh, I mean, I, I assume you're talking about the big two, which we've all been obsessing over over the last month, because there's not a whole lot else to talk about. But DeAndre Hopkins and, and Dalvin Cook would be the two. Um, you know, I think both their situations are somewhat similar in that the money hasn't been what they wanted it to be. And I think the hope is, as you get closer to training camp, maybe a contender like looks at its roster in their pre-camp meetings and says, you know, we need to add a body there or somebody has an injury earlier in camp and they decide that they need to act with some urgency and up the ante a little bit. Um, you know, obviously with hop, like the teams have been Tennessee and new England and those teams haven't been willing to go to the financial point that he wants somebody to go to, to get him. Um Now I think he'd be li- willing to go at a little bit of a discount to a Buffalo or a Kansas city, but that ship sort of sailed going back to the draft when you know, the Odell Beckham deal got done and that sort of poisoned the well on the negotiations with Hopkins with those two teams. So like, for example, Kansas City is in a situation where they gave the money they were going to give to Hopkins to Donovan Smith, their new left tackle. And so they decided we still need a body at receiver. They draft Rashi Rice in the second round out of SMU. So like coming out of spring now, do they look at it when they have their meetings before camp and say, we don't want to rely as much on Rice as a rookie. So we need to, go and get a, a DeAndre Hopkins. And oh, by the way, if we get a deal done with Chris Jones, that's going to free up some cap space for us to do it. So I think the Chiefs would be a contender to get back in there. Mm. Um, Buffalo, I think just because of the Stephon Diggs situation, I think they'd be a no. Um, they were cognizant of that even before everything kind of blew up in June, um, that like they really had to be cognizant of where the ball was going and that Steph needed a certain amount of touches. And Hopkins is sort of a volume player, so I don't think that they'll get back in it. Um, you know, and then with Cook, I, I still think the team to watch with him is the, with him is the Jets. Um, you know, like I, I, I know he's got an interest in them. And, you know, looking at where they are from a roster standpoint, you know, bringing, um, bringing Brees Hall back from injury mm-hmm. and having the opportunity to be a little flexible as far as giving him his time to come back from his ACL and maybe getting him in a better place in October rather than rushing him back in September. And still, you know, doing your best to act with urgency to win the games in September because you are in a win-now situation with Aaron Rodgers would make all the sense in the world. So I think the Jets would be the team to watch with Cook. You know, we'll see what happens as we get closer to the camp with both those guys if more contenders throw their hats in the ring. And I know that was a complicated answer, but I'm trying to recap the last three months with both those guys for Yeah, you.
3: and I agree with you on Dalvin Cook with the Jets. Uh, and I thought about Dalvin Cook with the Cowboys, with Tony Pollard coming back from yeah. a broken leg, that – You know the Jets are in an all you know a win now mode. The Cowboys are always in that, and I just think you know the the contributions of both of those running backs that you give them a little extra time instead of kind of expediting their uh, rehab process and bringing those guys in. But I don't know what happens when they get healthy, and now you got you're sharing you know touches and how that works there. But it feels like Dalvin. Yeah.
7: I, yeah, I mean, Dan, I think with the Jets, it's like every game counts now. You know what I mean? Like, not yeah. that it doesn't for other teams, but, like, if you're the Jets, it's like, no, we're in it for now. Like, we're in it for now. We don't know what 2024 is going to look like, what 2025 is going to look like. You know, and I think if you talk to, like, Buccaneers people, they would tell you, we were all in for every game, and it it was the right thing to do because we competed for championships for three years, and we won one, Right. And that's sort of where the Jets are right now. So you can't throw away week one or week two to be judicious with a single player. So if you want to still be judicious with that single player, how do you make it work? Well, you get somebody to replace them for those two weeks, you know? And so I think that's why that sets up as sort of a perfect situation if they could work the numbers out. And again, like both these guys, money is a factor with both of them. Like those guys aren't going to go take the league minimum to chase a ring.
3: Uh, Before I let you go and you uh, end your reign as the worst dad ever as you're doing a (laughs) a live report while your kids are riding your bikes near the beach there, Um, I wondered about this with Greg Popovich. He signed a five-year deal after they get Victor Rumbayama in San Antonio. I'm wondering if there's a quarterback that will keep Belichick. Let's say he got Drake May or Caleb Williams. Is there a player that would keep him – in that job almost energize him sort of the way Victor Wambayama has done Greg Popovich.
7: Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I, I don't know, because I do think that the Shula record is sort of looming over all this. And I, I believe he's 19 wins away, which puts you like borderline, you know, like based on the team they have it, like it's a toss up. Does he make it there by the end of 2024? And like, I, everybody I know that knows bill really well says like his juice for the job hasn't gone anywhere. Like he still loves it. And he's found a way to balance Mm -hmm. it where, you know, like I think he can still do the things that a lot of 70 year olds, 75 year olds want to do in retirement and still be a, a coach. You know what I mean? And still do all of that. And so I, you know, I think wins and losses are a part of it. And, yeah, I mean, I think if a certain level of quarterback came along or if Mac Jones somehow got to that level now, I don't think most people would tell you that's in the cards. But if like he had another person at that, another quarterback at that level, I think it would certainly be something that would be tempting for him to stay because I do think that like he's gotten to a point and I'm sure it's the same with Pop where like all the things you want to do, you know, in your golden years, like in your 70s and your 80s. Like those guys have sort of figured out how to do that and do the job you know and so i think that that's like a little thing that like has made it so to go made it so he could go from the guy who said you won't find me out there like marv levy in my 70s coaching to now being that guy you know what i mean like i think that's what allowed him to do it and so yeah i mean i think if he looks at it and says I could win two championships in five years with the quarterback that I have. I certainly think that that would be something that might, that that could entice him to stay. And like on paper, at least looking forward at it now, like a Caleb Williams and Drake may would be that guy. Now the problem is, you're going to need to be absolutely awful. Yes. Get them. Yeah. <laughs> you
3: yeah. know what I mean. Like, yeah.
7: So I don't like, like if they're that bad. Does Robert Kraft keep them around? Yeah. You know what I, I mean?
3: wondered about like, that. Uh, go back to being a great dad there on vacation. I I hope you can find your children and, and I thank
7: you. Like, I, I think my uh, I think my attention for son just like skidded by.
3: For yeah, the last I saw time. him. I, now, right but there? but I got to find your daughter. I'm looking for her in the uh, the picture there.
7: Well, there are three of them. I think the, our middle may have uh, just <laughs> like did to
3: be on the camera today. So, thank you, Albert. All right, thanks, Dan. That's Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter, and he is the Monday Morning Quarterback. I, I saw all these kids going by. didn't know which ones were his. And then there was one uh, little boy on a bike, and I go, "That might be his son." Then there was a little girl who was kind of wandering around aimlessly. I, I hope his wife was there. Yeah, Paul. I thought it was
4: just some random locals that wanted some more inside information on the NFL season. Just wandering. Hey, there's Albert Breer. Yeah. Let's see what the Vikings are doing. Yeah.
3: <laughs> all right, last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow. We're going to try to accomplish all of that next. If I said you could find the hottest rookies, the biggest superstars, the all-time greats, and you would have the official products from the NFL or the NBA, FIFA World Cup, UFC, collegiate sports, you'd be interested, right? Well, Panini America, we talk about them every day. The official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. And we invite you to check out their brand new NFT platform, nft.paniniamerica.net, one-of-a-kind digital cards. And keep an eye out for the Panini NFT platform. Uh, New features coming next month, the only platform where you can win physical versions of your NFTs. Panini NFT trading cards giving you the opportunity to pull autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, even one-of-one NFTs from every pack. Keep an eye out for the NFL and NBA Prism Packs and more of your favorite Panini brands now is NFTs. Visit nft.paniniamerica.net. That's NFT.paniniamerica.net, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon Eastern, six to nine Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of the
1: 5th Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is the 5th Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Mather Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry, in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to the 5th Hour with Ben Mather on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
3: Last call for phone calls. What we learned, what's in store tomorrow. Dan Patrick show. Uh, let me see. Get a couple of phone calls in here. Kyle in Ohio. Hi, Kyle. Thanks for holding. What do you have for me?
5: Hey,
7: 62170. Uh, um, first off, appreciate you guys taking the call. Um, I heard you mention something earlier regarding, uh, hitting a home run. Uh, it's, I was watching the Marlins broadcast and the color commentator was saying, um, the common misconception is, you know, the faster the ball comes in, the easier it is to hit out. Um, but on a fastball, the spins actually moving backwards from the pitcher. So when you're throwing off speed like a slider or something, it's actually downspin or forward spin. So when ball or the barrel hits the ball, you're actually going with the spin. So typically the longest home runs you're gonna see are off, off speed pitches and sliders
4: and move you know, things like
3: that. Well I don't know about that. When I saw Randy Johnson give up a home run to Mark McGuire, I don't think that was on a breaking ball when he hit a bomb. One of the that was like five hundred feet. I think unit talked about that when he was on the show with us. I remember Rob Dibble threw to who hit the four home runs? Mark Witten? Yeah, hard-hitting Mark Mm Witten. And Dibble said, I just, he had hit three home runs, and uh, uh, Rob said, I just threw as hard as I could, and if he was going to hit it out, then he was going to get four home runs in a game, and uh, he hit it out. Yeah, you do get these hanging, you know, breaking balls, sliders, where I, I watched Aaron Judge last year with a lot of those home runs. They were just on breaking balls that just hung in the strike zone. And these guys aren't going to miss those. It's I never understood a breaking ball that was down the middle of the plate. I just don't understand that logic that I'm going to throw a breaking ball now unless they're missing. But any you know, breaking ball I I would want inside or outside, or I'd want it low. But not in the middle of the plate, because if they guess right, they're going to hit it out. Fastball. All right, that's down the middle of the plate. And if you hit it, you're a better man than me. But breaking ball? Man, it just feels like they're serving those things up. Meatballs there. Uh, let's see. Josh in Montana. Hi, Josh. What's on your mind today?
5: How you doing, Dan? Um, I live in Butte, Montana. So I uh, Saturday I was floating the same, the big hole, just like you were. But you were probably gone by then. But yeah. Uh, yeah. the big problem out there, there's a huge problem with the wolves. We had to move all of the cattle that we usually let graze up in the up in the mountains that we have. We had to move them back down to the ranch because the wolves were wrecking havoc and getting to the cattle. There's a huge problem with wolves up there.
3: Yeah, that's why I said that the uh, woman who drove me to the airport when I was leaving, she's like, Yeah, the wolves, you know, they just they, they encroach on your house. They went and got the dog off the front porch. Yeah, see?
0: That's the real question, though, Dan. Are they encroaching on our houses oh. or are we encroaching on oh, theirs? Okay. okay. Boom. Okay. All yeah, right. I said it.
3: All right. Yeah, I said it. Okay. <laughs> time?
6: Maybe if you try dancing with them they'll leave
4: you alone.
3: Okay, dancing with wolves. I'm not sure. <laughs> nope. Nailed it. Nailed it.
4: <sighs> we all have experience with cougars, not wolves.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I ran into some cougars. <laughs> yeah. Good over for you. Over the weekend. No, it wasn't. Oh. No. No. He got I I I was um, at a place in Orlando, outside of Orlando. And I'm uh, having a drink with a friend and and uh Waiter comes out and uh, he recognized me and he goes, "Uh, you married? I go, yeah. He goes, well, if you're not, uh, you know, there's women who are coming off like their third hip replacement in there and they would love to go out with you. (laughs) And I go, what makes you think I want a woman who's had three hip replacements?
4: If you have to get away, they're not
0: going to
3: catch you. Yeah, they will not catch me. Yeah, depends on why the hips needed to be replaced. I guess. Oh, yeah. and, and, whoa, Damn. whoa, whoa, whoa! Family show. And and then I, uh, you know, the the waiter. I said, uh, uh, I said, wow, that's a wide range of music that guy's playing. He goes, wait till he he plays Prince, and you're gonna hear him wail. And I go, okay. And then all of a sudden he played like Purple Rain, and, and the waiter stuck his head out and he was like, told you, Purple Rain. I am going, all right. But, uh, yeah, the Cougars were out, Yeah, you know. yes, Yes, Tom. And what
6: do you say if you score with one of those ladies? Hip, hip.
3: Hooray.
7: There <laughs> you go. You
3: swear you're not on drugs today. I'm not. I'm okay. really not. You shouldn't be, really on should be on drugs. I got to get the meds you right need eventually. To, you need to have an excuse for your behavior Just those today. Meds for How about this day in sports history? Oh, um,
4: you haven't heard this before, Dan. 1914, Babe Ruth debuted in the major leagues with the Boston Red Sox. 1985, Nolan Ryan of the Astros became the first major league pitcher to earn 4,000 strikeouts in a career. And in 87, Bo Jackson signed a contract to play football for the L.A. Raiders for five years. He was still under contract with the KC Royals.
3: Nolan Ryan struck out Danny Heap for his 4,000th strikeout. Um, you know that movie, Chariots of Fire?
2: <laughs> you know that,
3: uh, what, what's the name of the... Uh, Vangelis. Vangelis? Yeah, Eric Liddell won the gold medal in Paris, and uh, he withdrew from the 100-meter dash, his best event, because uh, one of the heats in the race would be held on Sunday, and uh, that was the uh, basis for the movie Chariots of Fire, where everybody ran in slow motion.
4: And it's funny because it's a sprinting movie.
3: I know. It'd be slow motion. Okay, what happened first? Baywatch, slow motion, or Chariots of Fire? Feels like Chariots of Fire. Definitely
0: Chariots of Fire. Before
3: sure. Pam Anderson. Yeah. But who looked better running the beach in slow motion? Well, David Hasselhoff, of course. <laughs> 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 yes, Paul. I wonder if they
4: considered putting Pamela Anderson in Chariots of Fire because that would have made it a better movie.
3: Wow. Wow. Um, Bo Jackson. First played appearance in the All-Star Game. Boom. On this day, 1989. Hit it off Rick Rushel, I believe. And uh, he was named the MVP. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Final results of the poll question, Seaton.
0: We had some bangers today, Dan. <laughs> Banger. uh, not really. That's your part. Uh, yeah.
3: Our most stalling.
0: I'm most scared of encountering most people still a shark. I think it's the water part. Yeah. I think people are generally more uncomfortable in water than they are on land. That's why sharks are winning. But if there were
3: land sharks. I'm only a dolphin man. Would you be worried about that? A land you shark. Know, you know, somebody told me that rattlesnakes are teaching themselves to not rattle, so then they don't get you don't hear them. Long game. Yeah, somebody said that like rattlesnakes are teaching themselves. If sharks teach
4: themselves how to survive on land, we're really. I know screwed. that's what that's
3: what made me think. If these sharks ever realize, hey, I can kind of, well, I can get on land. Here. Yeah, if you
4: go to a Burger King and there's a
3: shark in there. <laughs> yes, Todd. That
6: is extremely frightening that an animal can teach itself to, like, when to be quiet and noise. Would you rather be attacked by a silent animal or when like, here I come, I'm Can you
3: teach yourself? If a uh, rattlesnake okay, we go. if a rattlesnake, <laughs> You would think teach... I'd be
6: able to shut myself up. I see what you're doing.
3: What did you learn today, Todd?
6: If you see a bear, do not lie down and play dead. That may be an invitation for it to start eating your fake dead carcass.
3: All right. Uh, Seton O'Connor. Todd and Red Bull is not a good combination yeah. if that's, in fact, what's happening I don't know
6: why Todd. I tried that.
3: Last uh, Marvin. Albert Breer, Father of the Year. And Worst Father of the Year. Uh, Paulie? Todd is kidney stoned. The hottest (laughs) rookies, biggest superstars, the all-time greats, only one place to collect them all is Panini Trading Cards, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. For instant classics, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, and more, start or continue your collection at paniniamerica.net. Thanks for joining us. One of my heroes, Johnny Bench, on the program
1: tomorrow.